0: Series 2, Episode 5, Step 4. Hi, I'm Chris, I'm an addict. Well, I hope you're doing well. I just wonder how you've been sort of dealing with the previous steps that we've been working on. Step 1, we came to admit that we were powerless over our addiction and that our lives have become unmanageable. I think if you're at this point, I think you would have accepted that by now. Step two, we came to believe in a power greater than ourselves that will restore us to sanity. How's that relationship going? How have you now made an initial start to believing in something bigger than you? And then step three is to hand our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understand him. Now, that is quite a big one. And how's that been going? How have you been handling the element of letting go to something you can't see, feel, or touch But really, at this point in time, it's something that we have to take on board because the addiction has been bigger than us. The addiction has overwhelmed us, has just taken control. But now, we've now come to believe in a power greater than ourselves that is going to love us unconditionally, that is going to guide us, and is going to be something that we can hand over to when everything else seems impossible. That really is a stage where we're at. You cannot do step two or three unless you've done step one and you cannot do step four unless you've done step two
1: and step three. So here we are, step four. I'm Justin Larkin. Step four says we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step four is one of the hardest steps. I know for me it was. It's one of those steps you need to keep coming back to. It's all about letting go of resentments, letting go of those things that have acted inside us to cause us to use, those things that cause us pain, those things that cause us to reach out and want to run away from. Once we've written them down on our list, We can actually begin to let go of them and they're things that don't have to be there to cause us pain we need to face this from a comprehensive view it says a searching inventory now that means we've got to go back a long way sometimes that means that we have to let go of those things that sometimes we don't even know are there but it also says it's a fearless inventory and that means we can do it through the courage of christ The fourth and the fifth steps
0: are the owning up steps. This is where we start to take responsibility for the actions we took to fulfill the need of our disease, of the addiction, of the tiger. The fourth step is a step to freedom. And that's gonna be a choice we need to make of what we do in this fourth step. It's where the denials, the lies, the hate, the guilt, the arrogance, pride and falsehood are revealed. And for you to be set free of that, from the things that have held you down and prevent you from becoming the person you were designed to be by your higher power. But as you go through this step, you will also see that you're not such a bad person after all. And by being freed from the addiction control over you and the behavior that comes with that, you become a free spirit again. The good person that has been lost in the addiction begins to come back. The point of the fourth step is to have the courage to search deep in yourself who you are, who you have become while you have been in the grip of this addiction. It will show you that the disease has changed you from the person you used to be. As you write step four, the behavior that comes with the addiction becomes very clear to you. It is not who you intended to be. And what starts to happen now is the denial starts to erode and the truth of what the addiction has done to you becomes clear. It's the ability to take responsibility for what we have done while in the grip of addiction. What is really, really important is to be in constant contact with your sponsor or mentor while doing so. Why? Well, while writing the step four, you're going to be hit with the realities of who you had become in your life before now. And that can be really painful. I know in my step four, I didn't realize how much I had been harboring inside me of pain, anger, resentment, guilt, and shame, until I started writing. And when all these emotions started coming back, I wasn't sure how to deal with them. And the problem is, those things had been my triggers to start using again. So I immediately got hold of my sponsor, and walked myself through what I was feeling. And I usually met them for a cup of coffee at least, if not a telephone call. But it was just to have somebody I could bounce off so that I didn't feel that I was the only person who had done this, and that I was going down a journey of recovery that needed these things to be revealed for me to get well. So, as I said, it's imperative that you have the sponsor-mentor that you have immediate access to, so that uh, you can just tell him how you're feeling and what's happening while you're writing this stuff. Do not attempt to do step four without some form of support that understands what you're doing and has done it themselves. Step four is one of the hardest steps to do, but it's all good. It allows you to see you are not a bad person, that many others before you have done the same, some cases worse or even less than you. But all of us have accepted addiction as a disease. It has changed us and controlled us. We have all felt the same in one way or another while writing this step. Why is it so hard? Well, the disease of addiction is a very powerful mental illness that has one objective, to feed itself with whatever it takes to fulfill its immediate need to relieve itself from having to deal with the truth or numb true feelings that might cause fear, anxiety and depression. That is what the disease is constantly doing. It's trying to survive. Like we did. To rip away from such a powerful control is hard. Addiction fights to keep control. But while you are writing and seeing what addiction really is in you and what it has done to you, it will fight to survive and hurt you in the process and try and make you fall back. Sounds familiar? I remember when I was in the full grip of addiction. I fought hard to feed my addiction. Nothing came before my addiction. Nothing. So I did anything it took to feed it. Making me the person I was not. Today, I look back in shock of who I had become while in active addiction. But today, I am free from the constant demand that the addiction put on me. I have taken responsibility for the behavior of myself to others during my active addiction. And I continue to look at it today. Not because I'm a bad person, because I need to check myself. Check, put my addiction in check. Because it's always there, it's just sleeping. But I need to keep it in check by recognizing where maybe some of my addictional behaviours are coming back. Because they do, if you let them. Because addiction is only sleeping. And that's what we're learning in the 12-step programme. And that is why step four is so important to clear all the nonsense leave all the dirty laundry behind and walk out with a completely clean slate that we can start again. And that's the grace of this. The fourth step has to be a searching and fearless moral infantry of ourselves. Fearless against the power of addiction. Fearless of pain, anger, resentment, bitterness. How and why? Well, because you are beginning to have a relationship with a power greater than yourself that will restore you to sanity and that you will find a whole new love and a love that is completely unconditional. Addiction is completely conditional according to its needs and not yours. This new higher power that we now have loves you unconditionally and will give you a new life of freedom without addiction. This is where we've got to dig deep into our past of what has actually happened to us in our past, the things that we did in our childhood, the things that were done to us in our childhood through to today. What is in your heart that is immoral and what is moral? What things did you do to escape the truth that you may well have feared that brought you to the place you ended up? How do we start, I hear you say? I've never done an infantry of myself. Well, this was exactly what I thought. I was told to look up the seven cardinal sins and the 10 commandments and give an example of each one. And, and immediately I'm going, well, I'm not sure about the seven cardinal sins, but I do know the 10 commandments. And the one I do know is Uh, Thou shalt not kill. I haven't killed anybody. So I, I went back to my sponsor and I said, but I haven't killed anybody. So he turned around to me, he said, don't think killing in the literal term, but look at it where you have character assassinated somebody or belittled them or crushed them with your tongue. This then became quite clear to me of the number of people that I might have hurt and possibly destroyed their spirit or made them believe that they were worth nothing. I began to see I had done a lot of that in my time. Uh, so this really is why you need to have someone close to you while you're writing your step four to show you how, where and when, and also to be there when you're struggling with things that you have to face and struggle to see the relevance of some of the examples that you are being asked to look at, that you have never answered before about yourself. It's a very difficult thing to do. However, with the guidance of somebody who understands you and understands where you're at and what you've been through, which is usually another recovering addict, it is great to have somebody clarify certain things for you. And that's what I had. This step was hard for me, but the reward of the freedom for the first time, as I wrote, was incredibly overwhelming. The stuff that I had been holding down was now on paper and I had begun to see the truth. It was the start of freedom. I had never experienced this sort of freedom in my life before and started a journey I have never experienced before in my life. And the journey that was to reveal who I truly am. I began to see I was a somebody. I was worth being loved. The fourth step is an amazing step, actually, because it's something that, obviously, I had never done before. And (laughs) it was very weird for me to do, to sit down and write things about myself that I didn't like and things that I did like. And it's very difficult. I think anybody, it's like asking somebody to write you a reference for a job or or something. And they say, well, write it yourself and then I will sign it. And I, I struggle to do that because it's so difficult to write something about yourself. However, the step four um, was amazing. And once I started getting going on it, it just seemed to flow and Looking at the seven cardinal sins, I began to see stuff that I hadn't seen before. As I've said before, not only did I have drugs and alcohol addiction, I had a sex addiction. And so when I looked at the lust of the seven cardinal sins, I began to get a whole lot of examples that I hadn't necessarily seen before. And the same went with greed and this control of money that I had as well, which I didn't didn't necessarily see either. But these were all things that became very clear as i walked down the seven cardinal sins and then the ten commandments and they are amazing and to realize when he says you shall worship nobody else but me um, and i get that because i'd been worshiping my addiction i'd been worshiping this thing that was just finding a way to feed itself. And in my case, it was drugs, alcohol, and sex that I had been worshiping and feeding and sacrificing to this God called addiction. And now I'm free of that because I now have a higher power, Jesus Christ, who I now worship, who I serve. And everything about it is incredible. It's freeing, it's, it's incredible love. So as I said before, with step four, when you write it, do it to the best of your ability that you can do. You're not doing it to please anybody else. You're doing it for yourself to be released of all the things that are holding you down that have you, you've ever feared of talking about, ever feared of looking at yourself and accepting this is what happened. But by doing that, it cleans the slate for you to begin again. And from that, we will move on to step five, which I will talk to you about on the next episode. So, before we go any further, I'm now going to hand over to my guest speaker today, which is Helga. And you've probably, in the s- season one, heard Helga's story. But here, she's going to talk about... Uh, step four and her journey on step four. So, Helga, thank you for sharing this and over to you.
2: My name's Helga and I'm an alcoholic. And lucky me, I, I think I'm almost 18 years sober. So, um, it's been a good 18 years. You know, and before 18 years, it was a, I had a very unlucky life as far as I was concerned. I was born in the wrong family. I went to the wrong school. I had the wrong friends. I had the wrong colour bicycle Everything was wrong in my life. So I certainly am a good candidate for uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. And of course, to make myself less uh, unlucky of drinking was a very good idea. Anyway, with that said, um, so so the steps also to me, I, I must be honest, I'll never forget for the first couple of months, almost two years, I sat in AA meetings looking at these silly lists on the wall thinking, how on earth is that going to sober me up and make me happy? I mean, it didn't make any sense to me. I thought a silly, silly little exercise and then bingo, all of a sudden you were going to be fine. It made no sense to me. But when I stopped fighting the process and I decided to go with the flow, I, uh, you know, my life got better and I got luckier and luckier and happier and happier. Funny that, isn't it? Anyway, so so I've chosen uh, uh, step four for this evening and, 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 and I'm sure you've done one, two, and three. And, um, you know after you've figured out that you aren't in control of this whole planet and the universe, I suppose, in one, two, and three, um, we start looking at ourselves, you know, and and when it says made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves, it doesn't really make sense. You know, so what does that mean? So it means, what did it mean to me? So there is ways of doing it in the book and you write the lists and tables and you can, there's many ways of doing it and, and there's suggestions as they say in the book and uh, maybe in the beginning it's nice to follow the verbatim what they suggest you to do but for me it was quite I was guided so my sponsor said to me make a list of every person that you can remember that irritated you and I thought what on earth is that going to do with anything she said, yes do it chronologically so start in the beginning so start when you were uh, you can remember like you're obviously the ones are mommies and daddies and sisters I mean those are the obvious ones because you still remember them now but go go back if you can so What was the first time that you believed that you got irritated by another human being? So it's obviously mom, dad, sister, brothers, and all those. But then after that, you know, and make a list. So start in nursery school, if you can remember. You don't have to remember the person's name or exactly the details, but you probably will remember if they irritated you, annoyed you, got up your butt, something, whatever the story is. So I made a little list and it was a little girl with a pink dress. She wouldn't give me her sandwich for lunch and it was the little boy who, who pulled my hair and, and, you know, and I think his name was Peter. I just don't write why, just the name. Okay, So I went back and I, you know, sat down and I looked into the sky and I said, OK, let's try and remember. And I tried to think of it. And before I knew it, I had quite a long little list and, and to my shock and horror, I thought no, uh, you know, I had no more resentments and nobody irritated me. But that's not true. As you start opening the gates of, you know, I suppose sometimes we we hide stuff, you know. And, and for me, maybe that's the very point of a step, is that we so busy saying, oh, it's in the past. Don't pick it up. Don't uh, open, you know, don't squeeze the pimple. Don't uh, uh, dig up old problems and don't relive them. Okay, I mean, yes, maybe. I I mean, you've got a point. Maybe you should do that. But, you know, I mean, I used to dream about nursery school and primary school and high school. So it's never gone. It's in the subconscious. And and we have a funny, you know, in hindsight now, because the intention of this particular step is to, what did we do? So it's not so important what Peter did to us. Yes, of course, it brings the name up. But the question is, what did you do to Peter? And quite frankly, that was the most silliest question I've ever heard. Absolutely nothing. I'm completely innocent and I did absolutely zero. I was just sitting there and he came along and pulled my head. So my sponsor very gently, or not so gently, (laughs) kind of speaking, no, no, let's hypothetically play play that you are not so innocent. What could you have done to Peter? Okay, well... If I have to, so with grudging, (laughs) grudgingly, you know, if I had to lie completely, I mean, I could have pushed in the day before because I was bigger than everybody else and I was quite a bully. So it is probable, actually, now that you mention it, (laughs) and that's how it goes, yes, all right, all right, I pushed in the day before. And, then, and when you start allowing, you know, look uh, wider at the situation, it's quite interesting and you're prepared to consider that you had a part to play. It actually becomes quite interesting, you know. And all the little people and institutions and the police, I was just standing there and they just came and arrested me. She mm, probably not. There was probably something you did. <laughs> like we have a very brilliant selective memory. You know, and as we go through our, and we have a, a you know, we very, we have a disposition to be, to hold grudges and to be the victim. And, and, our, and what's interesting about this particular step and my take on it is that, you know, we always say, when I, I talk to people, I say, we tend to have, there's a trait in our personalities. We tend to be angry about our situation. We're not such victims. I don't feel so, I mean, we still feel sorry for ourselves, yes, but that very quickly turns into anger. Very quickly, poor me, per me, the whole world did me in, but with aggression, not not with, um, we're not so much blithering idiots. We, we are quite um, self-righteous and quite ag- aggressive and indignant, and that's very difficult to overcome, by yourself, and just, and no wonder we drink, you know, because if the world's doing me in, if I'm unlucky, if I've done nothing wrong, then the only thing that's ever going to make us feel nice is alcohol. You know, in my case, alcohol. For other people, maybe substances or situations, you know, and and that for me was like step four. So step four, I had to go through from the, obviously, and then we took the easy ones. We didn't go to the most difficult ones first, and we started just, you know, looking the situation a little bit more harder, you know, and I had this horrible business partner. He he plotted and planned, and he took my business. Okay, so what did I do to him? Nothing. Well, that's not completely true because if you think about it, I gave him when I went to do business with him. I told him how brilliant I was, and actually, I wasn't so brilliant. You know, let's be honest. I wasn't the the best business partner to have. and the So, you know, maybe, so in the beginning, the whole, like I have a sponsor used to say to me, the whole ocean, in principle, we're not saying you have to take entire responsibility. There's an ocean of fault that they've done. But there's, maybe there's a teaspoon of fault that we have done. And if we start off with a teaspoon of fault, it, 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 it starts getting a bit bigger. Then it's a cup of fault. And then it's before you know it's. Listen. Actually, we played Harvey's in that situation, and as long as you have a part to play, and it doesn't have to, doesn't make them innocent. The the person who did anything to you. you are not saying that it's not about you forgiving anybody. It doesn't forget them. What did you do? And the trick is when we start taking responsibility for our situations. You know, the situation is the situation. It's pretty much our attitude and the way we look at the situation. You know, they talk about the pink glasses or whatever it is. You know, and that's – that's and and it sounds funny, inventory, but that's kind of what they mean in the step, you know. And then when we start just accepting some responsibility and being aware of what we did, gee whiz, life is so much lighter. And it feels – you feel much more on earth and not this – this person floating off the universe and you're like not grounded and you're not connected and we're not. And that's and that's why the step is so profound and so wonderful to use because it and, every, and, and I've been doing it for 18 years. And every time I sit with the sponsor, the sponsee, and we talk about there, I try and figure out, okay, what did what did she do? And just for fun, and then I try and think of if I was her, what could I, would I have done? And you'll be surprised how. How interesting. But I mean, I obviously can go on forever on this particular step. It's really fun. I mean, don't make a big issue out of it. Just get on with it. Write your list. Pick a few ones that are obvious and easy to, to diagnose a little bit and then move on. You know, you can come back later and redo them and, and be clear. But once you started taking responsibility for your side of it, life just becomes better. And funny about that, life becomes very, suddenly we become very lucky, and the world's nice to us, and that victim stuff, wow, it just seems to kind of go away. It's weird, isn't it? Anyway, good luck, everybody, and have fun, and I'll speak to you soon.
0: i mean, Helga, thank you. She's always talks right from the heart, and she gives a very very good explanation of her journey with step four and um, thank you again for Helga for that okay guys so um i really hope that this has helped you in your journey with step four and i so look forward to speaking to you again on the next episode when you're ready to go into step five and i will explain step five to you when we get together next so until then For goodness sake, just keep well and keep safe and God bless and keep it clean.